Welcome to the Underpowered Podcast, a gaming podcast where we battle our backlog, revealing what is worth your time, money, and energy. This is episode 34. I'm Shelby Stokes, and on the cast today is Casey Cool. Hello. Sean the Schoolman Pool. And our guest, artist, illustrator, and game designer, CK. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be now, here. I know CK <laughs> as Chuck. Chuck and uh, and my wife and his wife know each other through Good. the internets, and we met at like a random grown up play date. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I really liked him. I was like, oh, he's cool. He gets it. Right. <laughs> Define adult play date. Like, were you hanging out in the monkey bars? And he's like, hey, that's cool. No, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you you get it. Like, my wife like, oh, you should hang out with her husband. He's really nice. I think you get along. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah, yep. it's a grown up play date and your wife, my wife always do it. And I, like the last one I finally said to her, she goes, I'm like, you think you'll be like, I'm like, what will I like about him? He's nice. Like <laughs> she had nothing. I was like, I'm good. I barely have time for my own friends. You like nice people. I do. I like all people, but I have barely have time for my friends. So I was like, I'm, I'm good. Adult play dates only work out like 10% That's... of the time for me. I'm not going to lie. It's like, oh no, you're yes. going to love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if my, that. My, my grown up play date with Chuck went fine. He's if a good that. dude. And so he's just, they're busy people, but I've always enjoyed that. And uh, I'm Chuck and I, start talking about video games when we first met and he is quite the video game expert in a way he's a professional in a way yeah it's it, it is my career <laughs> in a lot of ways i mean i i haven't been in the game for about um three years since before my mm-hmm. kid was born and then i became a uh, full-time stay-at-home parent and i still do some like some work with uh, some software people and uh, the occasional tiny job with uh, video games but nothing like too serious and and your art um, too right i saw casey linked us your website earlier and you have some really really cool yeah art yeah i'm a i'm an illustrator and a professional artist um when i can do it um so i have a show currently up at um brooks dental studio in downtown tacoma um and <laughs> it's like this really bougie uh <laughs> dentist office <laughs> so if you're looking for a dentist and you're in tacoma i really really recommend her she's awesome That's good. uh uh and you can see that stuff up at my website seake.com right um and your current run is you you've done this before but you did a new run where you have the freddie mercury is your inspiration correct for this current run yeah yeah, this was sort of a sequel series of yeah. Freddie Mercury as famous queens throughout history and pop culture. And yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before I became a full-time stay-at-home dad and professional artist, although, I mean, I've been doing this for years, um, I was in the game industry for about 10 years. Wow. Uh, and I worked at places like ArenaNet on Guild Wars 2. And I worked at... Uh-huh. Um, before that, I worked at a place called Groundspeak, and they uh, own and operate geocaching.com. And I worked on sort of like experimental games there, like location-based gaming before, like, you know, yeah. way before Pokemon Go was a thing. Yeah, Ingress, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like that, yeah. Um, and uh, then uh, right before I, I left the game industry, I was working at Sucker Punch on... Uh, you know, infamous Second Son and First Light, and then eventually what would become uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, that game is pretty. That game is a lot of people are really pumped, it about, it, pretty, pumped yeah. about it. Um, what what is your work in those games? Like, what can we say? Oh, CK Chuck did this. I know, I know that guy. 
there's not a lot that you can actively see of my my work in Ghost of Tsushima, but um, I did a lot of sort of the foundation for UI in that game, um, mm. and I mm. I did a a lot of the mons that you see. The mons are sort of Japanese characters that are on like flags and you know houses and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, the main mons okay. that you see in those games I designed before I left. Um, so was, there was a lot of like. Um, little graphic design stuff to kind of build the foundation for what would you, you would eventually see, which is very, very, very beautiful work um, yeah. that I didn't, I did not touch at all. <laughs> hey, luckily for yeah. you, they can't, they couldn't read your, the symbols. So you wrote like secret messages on all the bonds and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You put them together and builds like this weird yes. bull. That's thing. how you quit. That's how you quit or left. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, so, that's what we said. So yeah. Mostly UI UI work. Um, uh, I did some concept art there, but nothing you would really see. Um, and I did a lot of graphic design stuff for yeah. them, uh, things that you would definitely see. And, but yeah, UI stuff for all three projects that I worked on there. Um, and uh, I came on at the tail end of Second Son. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a very difficult job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had like four to six months to work on this stuff and um it all came together at the last moment but everything that you see there is pretty much me uh but first light is where i really like feel like i that's that's a game that feels like my project as well as somebody else that i worked with uh when it comes specifically when it comes to the the look and feel of the ui and um yeah yeah it was it was a really great experience i I love Mm -hmm. sucker punch i love the people there um I can say that I worked on Ghost of Tsushima, but not to the same extent as those other projects. You mentioned uh, ArenaNet, yeah. And did you put? Did you work on yeah. Guild Wars two at all? Right? <laughs> I'm guessing because they don't have a yes. lot of other games over yeah. the Guild Wars. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's been a while since they've even announced anything there. Um, yep. uh, but yeah, uh, Guild Wars two I worked on pretty much like from two years into uh the project to its release and then a little bit beyond that um i was not there for like the first expansion pack that they had um and a lot of that stuff was also ui related casey did you play guild wars 2 with us when we when it like first launched and we were all about it for no i never played guild wars because i'm a snob <laughs> You're and playing I, now. The, wow it's better <laughs> than this uh attitude no, and our friend, we have a friend named Auk. His, we'll tell you his real name off air that worked for Marionette for years. Oh, and I okay. used to give he, him a hard he time. He was like, I think he was like a lead animator or something like that. Okay, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know too many animators. I don't know if you deal with the animators. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, I, I, I mean, there's sort of like an overlap. One of the pleasures of being in UI is that you kind of have a lot of overlap with basically all the different systems because you have to coordinate with sense. so many people because well, everyone's got to kind of it's you're the you're the main tunnel that everyone's got to meet at, yeah right? yeah exactly yeah um yeah so with games today and when you see video game art what impresses you right now like what games out there do you see and you're like man that looks gorgeous besides ghost of Tsushima, like what other games have caught your eye oh recently <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. uh, it, that's a, that's a hard question because i th- i think the uh the beauty of UI is that when it's done well, you don't really mm-hmm. think of it. Um, and when it's done poorly, it's like all you can think about. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I can point to Hades, I think, does really 
beautiful UI work um, good, with man. what they have and the style that they, they, they use there. Um, and I like a lot of very elegant and backseat UI where it, um, it doesn't, it's not in your face all the time. So uh, Ghost of Tsushima was kind of built on that idea of like pulling away UI elements when you don't need them. Uh. Um, so if you, if you play the, if you've ever played the game, you'll see if you're not doing anything, if you're not moving anywhere, you will see almost no UI on screen at all. Yeah. That's in nice. the best case scenario. You won't see anything. Right. It'll just be the scene, which is what you want. Right. Cause like now games are yep. so much like movies now, right. They want to immerse you into the, the moment. Yeah. Um, where, when you have like war, uh, Warcraft, oh, and you all have, UI like, the, play, the player has, con- the player well, has yeah, control of the UI. You're sort like of everything. just playing the UI yeah. at, in that game. And then you watch it do um, cool things sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to point to, like, Assassin's Creed, I think, does mm. it in um, a bad but good oh. way. Like, mm. it's useful. The The information that they give you is useful, but it is an overload just to accommodate for the lowest common denominator because yeah. they don't they want to make sure that they can carry you through mm. the game. And luckily, with, with their systems, they allow you to pull back UI elements that mm-hmm. you find egregious. Like, I always find it funny in Odyssey, it defaulted to having, yeah. like, public screenshots and stuff on there on the on your like mini map and i'm like so i'm always like immediately like switch mode from that so (laughs) so i don't care about other people's photos yeah no no so what are some games in the past that have inspired you too like what are games that got you in the gaming like what games do you love that got you like oh i want to do this i want to make game art i want to be in games what what's there what are your inspirations well i don't i don't know if there was ever a moment where I thought, hey, I want to be in games. I actually originally wanted to be a comic book artist. Um, oh, that's right. Or in, in animation or some, something like that. <laughs> but I kind of fell into the games industry in a way um, where cool. uh, when I worked at Groundspeak, um, they wanted people that could essentially do comics. They wanted people that could design stories but also draw at the same time. So I was brought in as sort of like this storyteller uh, to create little stories for their technology that they were working on at the time. And then that eventually kind of just grew into UI. And I found that I had an affinity affinity for it. Um, so I can't really think of like certain games that encouraged me into that role, honestly. Um, yeah. It just kind of naturally happened. But I... what, okay, what game has the perfect UI? The best <laughs> <Yeah>. UI. <laughs> uh, that is a good question. Or what, I guess, what game games would has have inspired the worst UI. your like UI yeah. philosophies? I mean, I definitely, um, I play a lot of games. I'll just say that up front. Like, uh, <laughs> I, would, I, I would call myself sort of like an, an eclectic gamer. Um, I play everything. Uh, and I really get into certain things. Um, so like Hades, I'm really into right now, but I'm bouncing around between like 10 different games right now. Um, so, uh, uh, I don't so know. What was the what question? Game has this perfect I, UI, I think is what we landed. Oh, no, no, no. You evolved <laughs> it into something else. I did. Evol- I evolved it into, I guess, what games, like, I guess from when you were younger or your past, do, like inspire your kind of UI philosophies now, I guess. Like, what games do you think like do it well that you pull from? I guess. Oh, I was gonna say that like I actually learn a lot from looking at P- 
people who do things wrong. And what oh. I end up doing oh. is uh, it, it kind of like inspires me that that sort of mentality inspires me to like take something that I find to be flawed and broken and to turn it into something that I think would work for me. So I'll, cool. I'll oftentimes like <laughs> since I haven't been in the games industry, I'll oftentimes like take screen caps of games that I'm working on right now and like think of how hmm. it would change up oh. stuff and like fix fix their UI and Avengers is a great uh, example of that. Do you see how much money they lost? I, I, like what? 60 million or uh, something? 60, 48 million. Uh, 48 million, million. I put yeah. it in our discord the other day. I was like, yikes, that's bad. That's not yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you blame Squaresoft so much on that as if you blame uh, Disney because Disney seems to have their hand in everything. Is it Squaresoft or Square Enix? Square Enix, sorry. I'm, it's a Squaresoft <laughs> to me. Enix, however you... It's Squaresoft to me. It was Crystal, <laughs> Crystal Dynamics, I which I would argue ha- hasn't really ever made a great game. Uh, this is just my perspective. <laughs> Boom, shots like, fired. I'm hearing, I'm like, hearing I think, that from a I lot think the of first people. Tomb Raider not had a lot of great ideas and it was a very fine game. It was very good. But I just feel like they haven't really made anything interesting since then. Um, so this game, mm-hmm. Avengers, has like a lot of really great ideas, like all of Crystal Dynamics games. But they just they couldn't pull it together. And I don't know if I would blame Disney for that. Um, because it's not them. It's not like... With Marvel versus Capcom, you know, they don't ever want to show Marvel characters losing, right? Well, like also, I, I feel like I when hang up there. I hear this argument a lot for people that license Disney properties, that Disney got in the way of making a great game. But mm-hmm. that's not really true. It's the people up top at the studios and the publishers right. that dictate things to these developers. That gets in the way of actually making yeah, which games. Is, which, yeah, which is why Battlefront 2, right. the Star Wars game, got so killed by critics. is because Disney was like, hey, you need to get in there and, and make it pay to win. Yeah, that didn't work out. So right. Yes, that was yeah. Disney's idea. Right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was Disney. I think that was EA saying, you need to do this. And DICE being like, well, I guess we have to do this now. EA never does anything No, they would bad. never do that. <laughs> EA is always sure. quality over... over EA would never. Yeah, what? (laughs) They only care. I had this conversation the other day with some friends. Like, when was the turning point for EA? Because we were talking about... 2001. (laughs) I I was going to say, everyone forgets there was Square uh, EA. EA and Square, when Final Fantasy VIII, Brave Fantasy Musashi, like, I put a post on all the titles that came from Square EA. And my friends like, God, they did do a lot with them. I'm like, yeah, there was a period where EA was awesome. And I was like, we're trying to figure out when when it ever turned sour for everybody. In the summer of 2000. <laughs> I had long, flowing hair. <laughs> 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 but, uh, no, it is true. They weren't always like a villain. No. But it definitely changed. I would, I don't know, 2010s. Just trying to guess out of my memory, even yeah. maybe a little before That's that. That's what I said, 2010 was about that turning point. I, th- I felt the same thing. That's funny. But with the Avengers game, I was talking to my friends, too, because I know, Chuck, you played uh, Ultimate Alliance, too, on the Switch, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's and, a great game. In a lot yeah, of it's a way better experience, is what yes. they were saying. Like, the, yeah. it, the Avengers game looks nice. It's like a really pretty girl that is dumb, or yeah. it's like a, <laughs> going on a date with someone you just don't It's fun to. for a little while. Yeah. It, no personality. Yeah. No sustenance. <laughs> yeah. Um, I- I mean, I don't, I don't want to totally tear on into sure. it because I think that the the 
main sort of single player stuff was really well done. Um, like there are a lot of really good things in that game. It was just bogged down by a lot of, uh, bad practices that you see throughout the entire industry. So is that an example for you where the game has potential and then the UI brings it down or are there other elements that bring that down or, or can you think of games where like this game is so good, but the UI is so horrible. It's ruining my experience of the game. Well, I think like UI can be forgiven a lot if the performance of the game is good and the performance mm-hmm. of the game was not good. So you're oftentimes yeah. like fighting with the UI and then having to go through like very long load times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like that combo for Avengers was not very appealing to me. It, I think it, I think it's both. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, UI can't kill a game. Like there are plenty of great games that have bad UI, um, and you see them all over the place. Kind of reminds me of like you know story versus gameplay. Like if you have great, if you have really great gameplay, you can get away with like a lackluster story because you know people are yeah. playing it because it's fun. Or you can have a really amazing story and then kind of meh gameplay and get True. away with that. You know, like a lot of. Uh, like Death Stranding, maybe. Death Stranding's gameplay isn't that exciting, but the story's interesting and keeps people... Well, let's talk to Shelby about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I yeah. would like to I would like to have a conversation about that, That's too. Like, so you started <laughs> Death Stranding, Shelby? I did. I started Death Stranding. I'm totally doing it. It turns out that I'm delivering packages in my free time. It's cool. Okay. So you, you work for Amazon or UPS? I, I might as well at this point. Huh? I might as well. It turns out I can yeah. I can grip uh-huh. each one of my uh, backpack straps with the trigger <laughs> buttons, which is the most ridiculous use of the trigger buttons I have ever seen. How many Monster Energy cans have you drank? Like, I want to know how much Monster Energy is fueling you in this so, the game. One thing that this game has taught me is that Monster Energy drinks are actually healthy for you. Like, oh, you can just can slam one right before going to bed, and it's perfectly fine. Yeah. What do they do? I've heard of this, but I don't remember what they do. You can like hike up an incline that's like super steep, get to the top, just pop an energy drink, you're ready to go. Like it doesn't stop your heart or anything. It's the craziest oh, it's thing. Oh, it's not bad for you at all. <laughs> no. Are they sugar free at least, or are they just the full? Does it help you fight the space babies? Is that what that game's about too? I see these. Dude, there's so much going on in this game. There are space babies. There's the other side. There are ghosts. It's it's nuts. It's insane. So what is the story? for what is going on let me dodge that by saying i've i've okay i beat it i beat it so i could i could tell you turns out it's a kojima game so you don't really know what the story is about to the last five minutes i'm assuming that's not what it's about right right it's like the end of inception where it's like whatever you wanted it to be you know at the end no i think uh i think with this kojima game uh you know well before the end what is going on and it takes about another 20 (laughs) hours to get there Killing all momentum and pacing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this game, but sorry, I didn't no, you're, you're step good. on your toes, Shelby. My bad. No, yeah. this game is weird. So I figured that I just had a problem with Kojima, but it turns out like I didn't like Kojima games because I figured there was some inherent knowledge regarding the Metal Gear series. So I would get into a Metal Gear game and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, that's weird. Whatever. <laughs> Turns out that's just Kojima. Like, they tell you 75% of everything, and the other 25% is like, nah, they'll figure it out. Yeah. piece it yeah. Have I ever told the story on the podcast about how, like, I've had the Metal Gear... I've never played a Metal Gear game ever, 
but I've had like the storyline explained uh, to me probably like a dozen times by various people throughout the years, and they're always like, "It's great," da, 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 and they get into it. I'm like, "But okay, so wait, that makes right, me, none of this makes me want to play because right. it sounds like you don't even know what's going on. Yeah, You've no. played every so, game." So CK, kind of help me with this. So basically, you are a person that is in the future, yeah. and your job is to reconnect all the cities across the United States by the part I'm at now, hiking on foot from location to location with your magic necklace that powers up a new node. Yeah. Um, I think you get a motorcycle or something. Yeah, you too get different kinds of... Uh... I'm hoping so because walking is... <laughs> we need we need to do something other than walk. That's a, all I'm um, saying. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, you were saying... So you said that you think that the gameplay part is dull and boring and the story was is that, an interesting part. That's what you've heard from that. Well, I think I thought that's what keep people like coming back or kept. It seemed like it was like a 50 50 split. Like some people loved death stranding and some people hated it. And I figured it was because some people like got super <laughs> like same with people like conspiracy theorists, like people go down that rabbit hole or they ignore the rabbit hole. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. So I've played 80 plus hours of this game. I beat it. Oh. I saw credits and wow. everything that was after that. Uh, well, not everything because I was like, nah, forget it. I don't care. Um, well done. <laughs> okay, uh, that's my good Okay. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> taking 80 hours of my life. So for me, the thing that, that pushed me was the gameplay loop, was the okay. going from oh. one destination to the next, figuring out how to do that, <laughs> and then making um, upgrading your, your utilities <laughs> so that you can make those trips faster and easier. So, yeah, the game is essentially about connecting souls, connecting people so that the USA can be unified again. It's this weird meta commentary <laughs> on uh, the disconnect of people on social media. Yes, exactly. Social media and the Internet. OK. Um, uh, now, how he does that is through dumb things like calling uh, a man with a heart problem, heart man and <laughs> a man who. Oh, the Mega Man, the yeah, Mega Man concept, and, and of a name. guy right. who okay, deals it. with All dead right. people, Dead Man, and uh, a woman, <laughs> okay, Fragile. Good. That's her name, Fragile. Uh, so I find I find it to be. Um, so l- let me just preface this by saying that I love the gameplay loop of Death Stranding. It goes on for far too long. It goes on for eighty plus hours. That is way yes. too long for a game with this pr- particular loop. That said, Kojima, I think, is a he. I don't like to use this term because I feel like it doesn't really mean much nowadays, but he is a genius in a lot of respects. Now, (laughs) to me, I think that Kojima is best when he is tamed by a publisher. And to me, Death Stranding to Kojima is a lot like the prequels to George Lucas. Nobody told him no. No. Uh, okay. Oh, no. So. Oh, no. This is bad. This is Jar Jar bad, is well, what I'm hearing. Yeah, it, it's a lot of just pretension and a lot of like high school philosophizing. <laughs> and by the end, I'm like, by the end, when I say the end, I mean 20, 20 hours before the end, I'm like, I understand where this <laughs> is going. I know exactly how you're going to end this. I don't mm-hmm. want to do this anymore, but I feel like I have to in case it doesn't go this way. <laughs> And of course it did. So I just, by the end, I was like left 
very unfulfilled and i know that a lot of people disagree with me on that a lot of people that love the game will you play the sequel uh, i'll play anything that kojima makes um okay but i i think i think he would benefit from somebody that that was an editor a publisher telling him no you have to do this so like if he were to work on you know a silent hill game in the future which he won't um i think that that would be a good thing because somebody would tell him you have to work within these confines would he work on a quiet mountain game no shelby <laughs> Shelby, is there action in it? Like, or besides the jumping, are you fighting mobs of any sort? Is there any like threat or no? I, I mean, I'm. I think there will eventually be action. I mean, right now it feels like a hiking sim, kind of like I said. There is action. I mean, there is. Action. That's how they get you. Like, don't worry. Someday there will be action. Like you're eighty hours later. It's, it's weird because like it's somehow yes. like tapping into some primal instinct that you have where you're like, I need to get yeah. from here to here, and you can like see the path in your head, and you like follow it down, and it's like very, um, it's very natural. Like you just fall into the loop. And it feels pretty good. It's nice to be like, okay, just one more delivery. Yeah, okay, I'll do one more delivery. But it almost th- seems like therapeutic or a way to just um, kind of turn my brain off and experience Does, something. What do they? Re- what are the rewards? Like, what do you get? Like, is other than just a sense of accomplishment, do you get like bigger? Ba- you get bigger I mean, bags, right? Or bigger backpacks? <laughs> I mean, for me, it's a new cutscene because I'm yeah. just like, okay, let's keep going with this with this story. Yeah. I mean, you know what scares me is the fact that you just told me that there's 80 hours and this game still isn't over. Like, <laughs> uh, were you doing a lot of side content at that time or not uh, so much? I did all the side okay. side stuff. Um, okay. I did as much okay. as I could. No, I, I think that there's one last bit that I could have unlocked essentially after the credits roll and you see like the the end credit sequence and all that stuff. Canada. There's like one last thing that if you played for, you know, a dozen more hours, you would have un- unlocked. And I've... I, I looked it up and I was like, okay, yeah, okay that doesn't not really worth it. Add anything. It definitely didn't add anything to the story, uh, but it wasn't like yeah. valuable. That's like what I did with Shadow of War. I think the second one where like you beat the game, but then there's like 20 more hours of like farming or base building or whatever. And then you get, I told this before, but then I just, I'm like, I'll just go to YouTube and watch the cutscene that you get so, <laughs> versus spending an extra 20 hours doing that. Shelby, you're playing this on PS4? <laughs> And did yep. you, Exclusive. how did you purchase the game? Was it full price? Was it on sale? What was the price currently? Do you know? Uh, I think it was like 40 bucks. 40 bucks 30 so far? Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. time will tell in the next few episodes if it was worth the, the squeeze. I mean, yeah. So like, yeah, you all know how I kind of like choose my games. I go through last year's game of the year lists and just kind of make uh-huh. an amal- amalgamation of all of them. And this was on multiple game of the year lists. And Kojima has always been somebody that I've respected, but never really like truly got into the games. Unless you're talking about old school PS one or two um type games the last couple of entries in mgs just didn't do it for me so i'm just kind of intrigued on where this thing goes but if 80 hours i'm still not like nearing the end this is not gonna this is not gonna stick i can already tell you right now (laughs) now earlier chuck added something about having an editor for kojima i know they always who was the director uh the guy who did the labyrinth and he did the hellboy movies right guilt uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yes, he was supposed to work with Kojima, right? Weren't they talking about doing a project together a long He's time? He's in it. They were going to do Silent Hills. Yes, that's it. I want... Oh, and then I think they were thinking of doing something else, but that just kind of fell through. I'm curious if it fell through because they couldn't work together or because of the studio, but now, like, seeing the time, like, I think maybe he needs someone like that to pare down the ideas a bit. That would be the guy, right? Because he seems to yeah, respect him. Yeah. <laughs> 
so so yeah. Norman Reedus is the main character or protagonist in this, right? Yeah. And just like as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, oh man, I bet San- I bet he was all in it. Like in the beginning, he's like, yeah, this sounds cool, sure. And then as he got, he's like, oh shoot. I- uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Just like not sure, if but then it pie. won a bunch of rewards, and he was like all in again. <laughs> so, like, if you see him inter- talking about Kojima or like in interviews about the game, he's like all in it again. He's very much for that game. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there was a moment like before release where he was like kind of being a- apologetic about the game. Like, this is not like a game that I've ever seen before. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. uh, <laughs> this is weird, guys. Yeah, this is, is going to be weird. <laughs> Just brace yourself. That's never a good sign. Uh, that's awesome. Speaking of weird, I have my last five days with WoW coming up because I've had that WoW thing. I want to talk WoW with Sean Uh-oh. really quick before we move into the news. <laughs> um, WoW is a good game. I can't. I can't stop the WoW. I need to stop the WoW. You hit level fifty today on I your Volpera Hunter, right? I did on my little furry fox hunter because I'm a furry at heart. <laughs> little level furry. Yeah. No, I was like, oh, there. I got some armor quest, and they sent me an armor quest. I'm like, I guess he looks like he's in like a desert hood. And my friend goes, he looks like a furry. I'm like, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. Is what the outfit looks like. Uh, I mean, your character's name is what is it? Is it Onimaro? Onimaro. Yeah. And yes, that's a, which is a weeby thing, and it looks very ninja-like. Yes, it is a One Piece reference too, so that's my my jam. But I, it's good. I think I might get the expansion over winter break and see what the hype's about because of how accessible they've made it. Like if you mm-hmm. play classic WoW, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, it's so grindy, grindy, grindy. But this is I played an hour and I gained a level, and I'm at the top end. Like they're they're really taking in your time, and it's valuing it a bit more. I still don't like having to pay for an expansion in 2020, though. That still crosses me a bit. And that, you know. And a monthly subscription. Well, yeah, you're getting $180 a year for me. Like, come on. Come on. If you really want me, like, just give me the content for free and I'll just give you the $50 a month every month. Let's do that. But it's good. I'm glad I'm taking the break off, too, because, like, uh, my son and I beat Mario Odyssey. Ooh. Who be- he's now joined to the dark side oh. of the moon. I was like, who did you? Did he end up doing most of the plane, or did? Because I know you were saying he. <laughs> yeah, he it, boss fights and then like some really tricky. He's five, so some of the really tricky platforming. He'll be like, "Dad, can you do it?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And sometimes I really impress him, and sometimes he's like, "Dad, you're playing really bad." I'm like, "Thanks, son. I'll get it like that." He knows <laughs> that'll get me. Like I have to do this till I beat it. No, uh, but. Uh, he's he's really now he's just going back and exploring everything and he like i'll come in sometimes and i'll leave and one time he got a whole island's like moons for the most part he just needed help with the boss and i was like like how do you get 20 moons he's like i just did it and i was like okay because i was playing with his sister like he gets True, i just did well it. he gets like 30 minutes after homework right that's our like all right this is what you've earned here's the timer i'm gonna go play downstairs with your sister in her restaurant and if you get stuck wait for me but I'm I'm excited to get my Switch back because I'm trying to get through Tales of Vesperia still. And that's on sale everywhere right now. That was the thing I want to tell everyone too. Like if you have Game Pass and on Nintendo Switch, I think they put the Definitive Edition to $15. I'm in like the third final act, so I'm good enough to give a review. I'm going to probably have a new game by next time. I wanted to have it beaten today. I was like, I'm so close. I'm so close. If you want a really good traditional JRPG, this is okay. This is good. And if it's on Game Pass for free, I recommend trying it. But there's so many better JRPGs out there right now. Like, I'd almost put it as a tablet. Because, like, if WoW was able to pull my interest and WoW has not interested me for years, I, uh, I'm i ready for something new. Dragon Quest XI this year blew me away. 
And I think more people should try that game. That's coming to Game Pass as well, or buy that game. That game is like the perfect JRPG. If you want to play a good JRPG this year, just play Dragon Quest XI. That would be my recommendation over Tales. No, I doubt. Over Final Fantasy Remake. Oh, touche. Yeah, yeah you know what, say. though? Yeah, FF7. I, I would even still say that, because Final Fantasy VII Remake is amazing, but it's not like a... Well, it's not, it's not you full game. You can turn game. on the JRPG well, mode. <laughs> I think you got to play that game before you cast uh, Judgment. I have played it. I, mean... I have tried it at a friend's house, and I beat the original, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that game's amazing. I would definitely lose time to Final Fantasy VII. But I think if we're talking price point, too, and if it's on Game Pass, if you're looking for a JRPG to play, I would pick DQ11 over anything that's on Game Pass right now. That would be my yeah. take. But Final Fantasy well, VII, I did forget about the remake. God, there's so many good games this year. <laughs> And I believe if you do have Game Pass, the EA catalog dropped today oh. on Game Pass. Oh, yeah, right. Dang. So that just happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, Speaking of... And it turns out uh, there's some Xbox games that are coming out, right, Sean? Oh, yeah. Well, are, are you... Is well, that, I was mean, that a, games, was games. Was that a segue to Assassin's Creed? Not unless you want to uh, talk some WoW. No, some no, more. I yeah. was going to say, um, speaking <laughs> of Game Passes, I signed up for the Ubisoft's. Uh, oh. Game Pass oh, uh... to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla because it's like fifteen dollars oh. or fifty dollars or whatever, and I'm Interesting. like, um, so I went with that route, and then that way I get access to Watch Dogs and stuff too if I want to mess around with Legion and things. Um, so. I also signed up for a Ubisoft uh, software that's monthly or digital subscription. Did you? Ubisoft yeah, Plus, just, or you play Plus, or whatever it's called? Uh, to the, Just Dance, the whatever they're Just Dance. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, do you actually do. for Just Dance? Dude, my, my daughter, we do it <laughs> as a family. True. It's great. Yeah, it works. I did um, it for like an hour and a half, and I sweated my balls off. Like I was like, oh, this is a great workout. This is so good. That's how they get you. They get you in with the Just Dance, <laughs> yeah. and then it's all it's over. over. Now I'm ready for Assassin's Creed, guys. What's next? Yeah. So right? those, comes with the... They're a little different. <laughs> you know, the movement's a little different between Assassin's Creed and and, uh, and Just Dance. But, you know, you can yes. probably bring some moves over. But it has the exact same audio catalog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Good. No, good. Um, but, yeah, I so I played, starred Assassin's Creed Valhalla yesterday. I played for probably like two or three hours, just got started in it. Um and Ooh. so far it's reminded me of Assassin's Creed 3 which is not which no. is notoriously like one of the worst Assassin's Creeds in the whole Assassin's Creed fran- franchise Yikes. like it's in this like at least where you're starting it's in like the snow it's in Norway you know and it's just kind of like that similar kind of setting of Assassin's Creed 3 which was in um revolutionary America um you know uh but yeah, it's weird because I loved Odyssey is like probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite Assassin's Creed game. Um, so going to this, I'm like, the combat feels kind of clunky. It's weird. Like you have a shield or an offhand or you can dual wield and stuff, but the offhand attack is at least on keyboard is Q and parrying and dodging and stuff is different. Like it feels like they changed up the controls just slightly enough to throw you off and it doesn't feel smooth and things anymore. So I'm probably going to switch back to using a controller, but even that I've heard from people Mm. is kind of weird. Like dodging and parrying is the system for it. Isn't as smooth as it was for. So it's like, you think it's because you're a Viking and not an assassin. I don't know. I, but it's just weird. It feels like a B team worked on this. Like mass effect Andromeda felt like to the the mass effect trilogy it's like it's almost there but it's like something's missing or different on it it just feels 
so far. But from what I understand, the heart of the game unlocks after you get to England. Because the main core of the game is all in England and stuff and not in Norway. And I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but that said, I don't know if combat and stuff changes when you unlock more skill perks and things. I know that you get more abilities. But just the basic kind of foundation things feels just sl- enough off that you're like, I don't... This doesn't feel good. This is bad time. Are you only two hours in? Do you think that might... This is bad time. <laughs> like two or three God, hours. Gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 won't, I won't give... I won't review it or say, like, it's it's bad overall or anything like that. It's just, like, at this point, it just... I'm not... You're a little... Yeah, I'm a little, like, oh, off no. by that. I'm like, I like I played WoW today instead of playing more uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed. So the interesting part of that is, wasn't Assassin's oh, Creed wow. one of the first games to launch on the original Xbox One? Uh, maybe. Wasn't that a launch title for Xbox One and it was 360? Like, they were I, cross-released? I played Assassin's Creed 1 on the PlayStation Three. 2? No, I'm sorry. Assassin's Creed oh, 3. Oh, yes, I think yeah, so. Three, I think 3 was that. Assassin's Creed 1 came out on Xbox 360, because that was when we lived together, Shelby, in like 2007. 2007. Well, yeah. like, two, was it like two, three years ago, I decided to go through and play all the Assassin's Creed franchises. I'd never, yeah. I'd only played like one or two of them. I think I'd played one and two at that point. Um, and so I finally caught up before odyssey by beating all of them so it's kind of cool to play them all in succession really quick like that versus over the years because you could see there's definitely um ubisoft has like almost like a like cycle where it's like they you're showing a wave yeah i'm showing a wave because i'm trying to think of like (laughs) it goes answer me this is the wave up right now or do you think it's going down it feels like it's down because like what i noticed is it seems like with new um technology or something that'll come in and this is what happened with like assassin's creed 3 Mm -hmm. and unity i want to say yeah um Mm -hmm. they seem to have those ones and it's like every two or three games so like um it seems like that game, they incorporate a bunch of new tech or things like that, and it kind of breaks it. And then the game following that one is always, like, usually really awesome and amazing. Um, is what it feels like. It feels like they're back on the downtrend again. Like, they're trying new stuff and whatever. Ch- but. Chuck, I know you were getting new systems. Was that a game you were looking forward for on the new systems? Or what are you What are you most looking forward to? Cause you, did you get your, yeah. your Xbox yet? Or I did get my Series X today. Um, it came all busted up in the Ooh. ups mail day <laughs> there was wow. like two giant oh, holes carved oh, out wow. of the box uh the outer box thankfully it wasn't like the inner box and in the inner oh, box it was oh. like clearly this thing had been thrown around <laughs> a bit because they're like smashed corners oh, no. wow <laughs> they, he was they were just mad because they knew what it was like, like, I'm, I'm not getting get it. one of the, those are sold not out fair it was pretty wild but thankfully the xbox itself like is encased in about like three inches of like this rubbery foam so good it, yeah. it runs good it runs great nice. um and i got three years of that that deal where you have uh xbox live and then you can transfer it over to game pass for like a dollar so i have like three years of game pass um oh, nice. for the price yeah. of xbox live um, that's cool so uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, I have sort of been away from Xbox for a bit. Like I was mostly uh, PlayStation focused this uh, this past generation, with the exception of things like Rock Band. But that was probably because I had all this this library from 360 that I carried over to Xbox One. Um, <laughs> so I'm really I'm still very excited to play Rock Band because now it like boots up instantly. And it doesn't take forever to load in all the songs. 
but the games that I'm really excited to play are things that I haven't had a chance to um, just because of time or because they were on Xbox and I was mostly playing on right. PlayStation. So yeah, I'm really excited to get into things like you know, uh, Gears Tactics and Sea of Thieves. and uh, um, see if, Yeah, Sea of Thieves looks oh, yeah. like it's gotten so much better since it's yeah, launched and yeah. it has so much potential. Um, I know you play a lot of Animal Crossing too. Let's be real. I've seen, I've seen, you hooked me up uh, with some pairs. Or you haven't yeah, played in a while. Yeah. yeah, I haven't played it in a while. Uh, yeah. I, I fell off pretty hard with that game. It's it's like all Animal Crossing. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm into yeah. it for a few months and then I kind of like... Uh, start to do some time traveling because it's, I, it was at the fun part of COVID. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we're only going to be in this for two weeks. Everyone's making banana bread. Come see yeah. my island. Everyone's got an island. And then things turn south. It was like, it was almost like this reflection of what we were doing in real life. We were learning how to exist in this Basically. world. Uh, this very banal <laughs> world, learning how to make bread and boring mm-hmm. stuff like Talk that. Talk to your boring so neighbors. It was like this weird yeah. reflection. But now it's like, I need some excitement. I can't do this forever. I still think uh, it's going to get game of the year because of just timing and what it was and everything for so many people. Yeah. It'll be up there. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> so are there any games that you are playing on that on that new console or uh, you're playing currently CK? Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing, uh, I'm, I'm playing Switch or sorry, I'm playing um, uh, the Switch. Yeah. The Switch version of Cook, Serve, Delicious. Uh, the third oh, one. Oh, that that's overcooked, right? No, no. Cook Serve Delicious no. is like this uh, kind of absurdist game where you are tapping buttons either on your keyboard or on your controller to layer foods together, and then you cook <laughs> them, and then you serve them to people. <laughs> I really oh, recommend you okay. look at this game. It's a okay. it's an independent game made by one guy who who's had a a, a bunch of outside help for like music and art. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the, the premise is that for all three of these games is that you're this cook who rises up uh, to be a world-renowned chef in the first one. And in the second one, you are in this tower uh, kind of building this this elegant restaurant. And all you're doing is serving food to people. All you're doing is tapping buttons uh, in succession. And there's a lot of timing involved. Uh, and in the third one, uh, <laughs> America is at war... And that tower tower gets blown up and these two robots rescue you and take you into their, their truck and it becomes a food truck and you go around the country (laughs) healing it essentially by serving food. Uh, So it's pretty amazing. Uh, I really recommend cooks cooks are delicious. Just watch some video of it. It may look really dumb because you're just tapping like on the keyboard. You're going to be like uh, putting together a hamburger and you're going to hit H for, uh, hamburger and beef or bun and <laughs> it sounds kind of like a rhythm game it, it is kind of like a rhythm game mixed with a little bit of a um like a typing game uh that sort of mentality but I, i've also been playing hades which i'm i've beaten like well i've run through about five times uh yeah. and hollow knight <laughs> uh oh hollow knight's great yeah hollow yeah. knight is so good and uh, I, I spent many hours on that this year and mario odyssey also i'm, I'm into right now because my kid oh. is way into it when he yeah. has it he's three years old so when he has his bottle he's like are you gonna play mario i need right. entertainment <laughs> while i'm drinking this bottle <laughs> entertain me man my son's trying to get luigi's mansion right now he's asking for them like christmas around the corner we'll see that's but, like uh, a month away are you gonna be now awesome. you have a charity event coming up 
and I was curious yeah. what games you're playing. And let's talk about the charity. What are you doing? Uh, it is called Extra Life, and um, Extra Life is essentially. Uh, well, let me read some of the the things. It's it's, it's a get together for gamers. It's a sort of mm-hmm. uh, event where you raise money, you fundraise by playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing it right, in my opinion, you're doing it for 24 hours straight. Uh, otherwise, you're just kind of like yeah, dinging nice. around, which is fine. That was and the it, old way, or that was the original way for extra Yeah, life. that was the original way to do it 24 hours straight. But now people are like, well, I don't have that sort of time. And that's great because yeah. it still raises money and any, any amount counts. Anyway, um, 24 hours. Yeah, I hear you. It's like a telethon. Yeah, like Jerry Lewis used to do back in the day. I love, I yeah, love it. I, I love the idea. I, I like that mentality. And about three years ago, I started doing it. Um, it raises money for the Children's Miracle Network, uh, which is great for children that have you know diseases, and especially in in this time uh, of COVID, it is very very important that we uh, keep on mm-hmm. giving to them. Um, so yeah, uh, I will be playing. Well, originally I was kind of play a lot of cyberpunk and then that got delayed oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh there's like a chunk in the middle of, of my good stream. job cyberpunk you ruined it for the children <laughs> <laughs> i think i'll be able to fill it out with other stuff because of the new consoles i'll be able to yeah. play things like miles and game pass stuff i'll be able to, i'll yeah, be able to Mar- morales miles morales looks great that'll be fun um, you have some perks for people that donate to you too, right? During the yes. twenty-four hour, like you've got them in some way. What are these perks? Let's let's go through the list. I love. I every time you post them, I'm like, what is he going to do himself? <laughs> so I, I have uh, five raffles that you buy uh, into. You, you, there are incentives and there are milestones for um, this event. Um, so incentives will get you raffle tickets, or you can buy things like um, commissions from me. Uh, or you can buy posters drawn by Tony Moore, who helped, who co-created The Walking Dead. Um, cool. Uh, so you buy raffle tickets, and during the stream, if we unlock a certain amount of raffles, uh, I will raffle off things like an art package that I have together of a bunch of posters and books that I've made throughout the years. There's one that's like an 11 by 17 uh, commission that I will draw that's... Um, uh, anything you want, uh, as long as it's not racist or sexist or anything like that. Uh, there's one <laughs> raffle yeah. um, from uh, Kari Randolph, who is a comic book artist for um, Marvel and DC, draws mm. Spider-Man and um, mm. Robin and stuff like that. Uh, he's very, very stylish, very cool. I, I, He's a peer of mine, and I've learned a lot from him. He's, he's kind of like... Um, I, I try to absorb a lot of his his sort of dynam, dynamicism um, and his kind of like line line work in my own work. Um, yeah. so I really recommend checking him out if you're interested. He will be doing a drawing too. Um, it's going to be pen and ink, uh, so there will yeah. be a raffle for that, and then there will be a raffle for um, a drawing from my other artist friend Mark Inglert who does like these very big scale 12 by 36 inch uh, posters. And he's worked for for everybody from like Disney to um, Paramount, a bunch of movie studios and TV shows and things like that. Um, Are you guys all like on a team? Because I know with Extra Life, they do teams and stuff. uh, I am part of the Giant Bomb team because they inspired Uh, me to do this originally. 
Like they've yeah. been doing it, you know, uh, for the right, past right. twelve years or whatever. Uh, and three mm-hmm. years. Ago, yeah, we yeah. love Giant Bomb. Yeah. Are the best. I don't know. If, did you say? Are you doing this on Twitch or YouTube or where are you doing? I'll it? be doing it on Twitch.tv/seakae. In the description of this episode, there will be a link to your Twitch channel. So if Excellent. you want to go sub to Chuck yeah. today, you can do that upon listening and get ready for the show that way. And also go to extra-life.org/participants slash s-e-a-k-a-e um and you can donate directly there and you can actually watch the stream the twitch stream on that that same page um sorry i was going to describe some more the the uh, fundraiser yeah go ahead i want to get to the ones like with your child and your wife punishing you (laughs) oh yeah those are the milestones (laughs) yeah the milestones are great uh so i have things like the first milestone i achieved it's uh last year i did 100 push-ups this year i'm going to do 200 push-ups uh and last year I did this sort of spice challenge uh, where I, we had like four different um, <laughs> sauces, hot sauces. Uh, and my brother, my brother-in-law was with, with me. So we all um, took the sauces and dipped like chicken nuggets into them and ate, Ooh, ate yeah. it. And the last one was um, Mad Dog 357, which if you know anything about hot sauce, it's very, <laughs> very, very spicy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this year I got a bunch of packy chips. And uh, I don't know if you know about the one chip challenge, so I'm going to oh, do... Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yes, gonna, I do. I do. I'm going to start with one chip, and for each $100 I raise during the stream, I will eat another oh, chip. no. <laughs> <laughs> Your body's just like, no. Are you wearing a diaper as well as when you do this? I might raise that to $200. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, as long as you have depends, uh, I think you'll be okay. Dude, you're doing it for the yeah, children. The children. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so i have a bunch of milestones like that like we're one of them when we reach it oh we've already reached it um my son will be able to draw anything he wants all over my face which he loves doing he loves just drawing on me uh and uh yeah there will be giveaways and um mark ingler has this original sketch of pumba and timon that he did Whoa. uh that he will be uh, raffling off if we reach that. And then the final one is uh, one of the queens from my, my latest series, yep. which is on this um, Gicle print that's on this really nice paper. It's one-of-a-kind um, print. And if we if we reach that, that amount. Last year I raised 1,000. This year I bumped it up to 1,200. Uh, and I think we can... I think we can get there. We're already halfway there. Yeah, I think we can beat it. I think you can cool, do it this yeah. year. So that's the goal. We're, I hope that's so. awesome. I, I think. Yeah. I think in the next year we need to get on that train too. That's something I'd like to do. And I know Shelby works in the uh, charity space auction about that area. Yeah, but but I will never do the one chip challenge. Oh. Just so <laughs> oh, well, I'll do it. I'll <laughs> do it. I have no problem. Casey okay, will do the hundred push-ups. You heard it here first, folks. One chip challenge from the Casey. Yeah, I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Turns out that that is uh, newsworthy. Speaking of the news. The big three news. <laughs> That's the news. The big three news. What's really newsworthy is you do not need to get rid of your plate PS4. Like everyone's expecting. I know a lot of people during the console shift. Oh, I was going to turn mine into a boat anchor. I never it. bought one. Never bought one. Well, maybe now's the time to buy one because you can use it <laughs> as a Chromecast or a sling for your PS5. Oh, how so? Do you have to like crack it or anything like that? Or uh, yes, you crack it open like an egg. Is my understanding. <laughs> oh. Do that. I have no clue what kind of wizardry they did, but they updated the PS4 remote play feature. So in addition to being able to access PS4 from a PC or mobile device, 
Your PS4 can access other consoles via remote play right on your TV. So this includes the ability to connect your PS5 and stream a PS5 game to your PS4 so you can play it there. Wow, but, that's a good move. That's a big <laughs> move. That's a big move that's for them. Sweet. So if you have your PS4 in like your bedroom, mm-hmm. but your PS5 is in the living room, you can then remote play yeah. on your PS4 in your yeah. bedroom. Cool. That's my understanding. And I think I've been waiting for mm-hmm. PlayStation to drop something like yep. that because like, they, Sony or not so Microsoft has done such a great job with Game Pass and X Cloud. You're like, wow, the streaming game space is coming. It's coming. It's coming. What are Sony and Nintendo going to do? Nintendo will probably do something in four years because it's Nintendo. And then, <laughs> ten years. yeah, ten years. Sony though, I I'm waiting to see their Game Pass too. That's what's going to come next, right? They have to have something like a Game Pass with their library on it. Well, they have PS Now. PS Now, but how many games are on that? Right, uh, quite a bit. It's like fourteen, quite a bit. Oh, yeah. No, you're Thanks you're thinking of the PS Plus uh, yeah, I think collection. It up. It's competitive. Which is, okay. Uh, the PS4 game collection for the PS5. What I'm talking about is PS Now, which is essentially a streaming service, a lot like Game Pass, where you can actually download things onto your system, but you can also stream from their their servers. It is. Uh, oh, they say 700 plus games. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you can play on your PC. Yeah. Wow, I didn't um, even know. So in a lot of ways, they do have Game Pass. It is just not as... Uh, it's not quite the same thing. Um, Massive. It doesn't feel the same, and it's definitely not yeah. marketed the same way. <laughs> yeah. No, because if it was... Mar- well, what's the price point for... I think it's about the, the same. It's about the same? <laughs> it's about like $15 a month. And are they getting titles like Red Dead on it as well, or is it just usually big Sony titles? No... I think it's mostly big Sony it's titles. $10 a month, or okay, you have so like it's... a 12 and a 3-month one. Of course, 12 months, best value. Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> Favorite of the year, always. They ha- It looks like they have some games that are on there only for like a certain amount of time, kind of like Game Pass. <laughs> um, yeah. They got ongoing yeah. access, like Injustice 2, uh, Rage 2. That's a good fighting game, Injustice um, 2. Medieval, the old Medieval games on there. Oh, does it have the PS1 library and PS2 library on there as well? Probably some titles. No, it has Wait, I Chuck? Uh, I don't I don't know. I, I don't have PS now because oh. it's not interesting to me at all. I use I did like when I worked at Sony, I did have PS now and when it first came out it just was not good. Yeah. It wasn't good in it in any sort of way. That's why I haven't followed up on it. I yeah. think I heard it was really kind of disappointing yeah. where Microsoft like I think where they have the edge is the Game Pass came out of the gate it's... strong. And got people interested. But that goes back to your point of marketing. Yeah. yeah. And that's like this day and age, you can't launch like a service like that, like half half cocked, I guess. Yeah. Look at Quibi. Um, look at Quibi. <laughs> that's gone. Everyone. Yeah. What? There's nothing to look at. It's gone. So this uh, PS4 thing isn't actually new tech. They've been doing this since the PlayStation TV where you're able to stream. Yeah. <laughs> and they recently came out with the app, which you can stream to your phone and then hook up a DS4. Uh, to your phone and still stream <laughs> like from your ps4 to your phone or your ipad they tried to do it with the vita for the longest time too right wasn't that the big push for the vita yeah, that yeah. it was like hey you can watch games yeah. on this or play your mlb game on at home or on this. They, they, mm-hmm. and then the switch did it better i don't know what happened <laughs> that was the big takeaway but i think this is a great thing i mean i, I yeah. think this is it's the easiest thing they could have done because yeah. they already had the tech and also mm-hmm. i mean I, I want to be able to stream games to my bedroom with my, sure. my old PS4. That, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. 
Like, if I can play it somewhere else and I don't need to buy new equipment to do it, besides having that system, that's great. Because, like, having a system in two places, ideally. Cool. That's a good move. And, you know, their controller is getting such great feedback, too. Like, there's a bunch the PS5. of positive reviews on the PS5. Yeah, that yeah. controller mm-hmm. seems insane. Yeah, I mean, a lot of positive reviews, which is nice to see. Well, also something that's positive in the news, uh, Dungeons & Dragons next books will deal with race and plus have exclusive new pages and art. But the big thing is they're making some changes to race because of everything going on in the world. They're trying to be more socially aware, and I think that's great. Uh, Sean, as my expert D&Der, what do you think the biggest issue is with race in D&D? Not race um, in the world. Well, it's, How do we solve I mean, racism, Sean? <laughs> well... D and D is from was originally like created what in like the seventies. Yeah. So their take on race back then wasn't you know as accepting stuff as now. You know, like there was a lot of just innate racism, like not against like other really other humans, but it's more like elves don't like dwarves, dwarves don't like right. you know humans, orcs and orcs and dwarves have like you know Let's like see. hate that goes back millennia and millennia. It's like not necessarily like correlated to real life but it's one of those things where it's like something that you know i think the more you kind of phase that out of entertainment mediums and stuff like that people don't focus on it as much in the real world i don't know Mm. i think that's i know they're very like um wizards of the coast is very inclusive of like you know different genders and different they're trying to be like all those different you know they're trying to be more accepting and less like restrictive because like older D&D even like this is unrelated but like paladins could o- you could only be a paladin if you were a um what was it like a Religious if you were man. A good if you were a good law or a good lawful character you couldn't be a paladin otherwise in like right. old, this yeah. like D&D 3.0 before mm. where now you can be there's evil paladin you know there's all basically they're just trying to you know, make it as open and like welcoming and friendly. And I think with with um, fifth edition, they've really opened the gates up of just like everyone can play D anD D however you want to yeah. play. Like we give you the tools to make whatever world you want, and it's cool that they're just kind of opening opening those gates. I think making D anD D more accessible is never a bad thing because it's so fun. It's it's pretend, but you have boards and math, and it's and if if you ever did drama as a kid. Or did anything that interest or love just playing pretend with your friends? It's the ultimate version of that, I feel like. And I think getting it more inclusive is never bad. But this book, this Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, is looking really good. Because it is, I think, in the style of the last one that was that. Which was, I have it, what's it called? Something, oh, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Yeah, you've let me look at that a few times. Yeah, that's Which cool. Which basically has a bunch of new, like, races and subclasses and stuff like that, where it's not, like, a module. It's not, like, a campaign like mm-hmm. some of the books. This one more expands on just different ways you can customize your character, which is always really fun because, you know, the more different ways they give people kind of, like, ideas to make characters is more fun. Yeah, and I, again, good, good on... D&D. I like that they're changing their keep moving. Um, now, and a more sad note, mm-hmm. uh, how many of us here enjoy Sonic the Hedgehog? It's the last movie I've all ever <laughs> seen in theaters. So. I know. It's the last movie we saw in theaters together. We saw it together with my son. I know. I, 
it's uh, he goes can we see the sequel with uncle sean in theaters are I they go, oh yeah i guess they are making a sequel if it yeah. happens sure i was like yeah if it happens like yeah i didn't want to burst his bubble i'm like that's adorable yeah he just wants to play the claw machine again oh my god the claw that's machine all. don't get me started on that <laughs> we're out of you've had enough tries or you're out of tries that's what we had to tell him <laughs> i'm gonna make some enemies here i do not like sonic uh, that's okay that's okay <laughs> the games or just the character you don't like going fast so this news oh. is great for me no i'm just kidding <laughs> well how do you feel about yakuza though i love yakuza okay so uh, then it's not good yeah. news for you right yeah. okay okay yeah. but what is the news? no sega's in trouble sega's in trouble they <laughs> yep. are uh, turns out t- they lost all their rings <laughs> <laughs> yes they lost all the rings they lost a lot of rings they lost 10 billion yen worth of rings i did the Whew. conversion it's it's like a little shy of a billion dollars. It's like nine hundred sixty-nine million. What are they doing? That's a lot of quarters, guys. Um, they're not making. I don't know. They made a really good movie, right? Or was that them? Really? Was though? it? Be, was it? Be, was it because I, they had to redo the movie? Well, the, they a lot of their investments are in things like uh, arcades. That's true. Over in, yeah. So arcades are not, not smart up and running right now. <laughs> Uh, um, I, yeah. People don't want to go there. I wonder why. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's like a, a them, you know, being poor investors. Yeah. I think it's just yeah. COVID. That makes sense. You know, doing its doing its. Thing. They were really on the up and up after the movie. The movie, yeah. that Sonic movie, like people were really all about Sonic. They're like, this movie is better than it should have been. <laughs> That's how I felt. It, well, yeah, it Jim Carrey was in it. Yakuza has like gained a lot of popularity in America yeah. right now. And and the Yakuza games are really like I think people are I feel I know people love it and I feel it's not super niche I don't want to say it's niche but I think it's getting more eyes than it used to especially with Like a Dragon just coming out and it's really sad to see because this is a staple of our all of our childhood right the Sega it, they do what Nintendo don't right do you remember they that? died to me when they stopped making Genesis oh uh, yes genocide when they started making, started Dreamcast. making genocide yeah um. <laughs> So, like, Like a Dragon is one of the few launch titles for the PS5 and Xbox One yeah. or X series. So, I imagine we're going to get quite a bit of a splash right now because there's not a lot to choose from. Do you think they're going to get a $900 million splash? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, this brings us to our final segment, uh, one that we like to do. It's called Buy or Sell. Buy or Sell. <laughs> our guests here three concepts that are going in gaming news so basically two choices this is kind of like yay or nay right we're on board or we're not yeah you're buying or you're selling that stock if it was a business you're either investing into it or you are holding you're holding it's a shark tank i will not invest are you gonna like are you gonna like shave your head and do the whole creamer like bit from cnbc bye 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 no No. oh i'm trying to grow my hair out but when i do go bald i'll start rocking the kramer and do the bell ding yeah i was confused at first because i thought you were referencing like seinfeld i'm like wait what did kramer what yeah (laughs) he's like kramer had the tall hair yeah am i gonna run into doors randomly and go to your house no what are we buying the first one sega's a major debt did nintendo buy them out and so we're saying if we think this will happen or if yes. we think it's a good idea. Yeah, if you think it's going to happen. It can be a good idea, and that's why you think it could happen. It's Sell. speculation news. You're selling that idea? I'm putting it. Who do you think buys them then? Um, Microsoft. Then they have Sega and Bethesda. Microsoft? There's the rumors that Microsoft has been trying to buy Japanese publishers. True. And that's where they're the weakest market. I don't disagree. But I feel like Japanese companies are very honorable in that they would probably want to keep it within the country. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They have a lot of pride in that. Give it up, Sega. I 
I don't I don't think Nintendo will buy them. I think possibly no. Square. Um mm. that would maybe Oh my god, we get Sonic in yeah. a Kingdom Hearts game? What? No. There should never be uh, another Kingdom Hearts game. I'll be the one to say it. But honestly, it'll probably be something like Tencent. It'll be just some uh, sort of core coming in and buying them. That's true. That hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. That hurts me so bad to hear because it's so right. I could, yeah, Tencent. Tencent will like own a fifty yeah, percent stake sure. or something. Yeah. Like. Shelby, you buying or selling? I mean, based on well, I mean, based on the conversation we just had, Nintendo's not going to go buy a whole, whole bunch of arcades. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna pass. I don't think Nintendo has plays a part in their acquisition if they go BK. Oh, Amazon, Amazon could too. Amazon's a dark horse because of the Luna. They're trying to get into that gaming space too. Yeah. But I think Ten- Tencent owns everything, man. I really don't want Tencent to be in the game. <laughs> I, I just think that I, I think it it's going to be Microsoft or it's going to stay in country Japan. I think that would be my one of my two guesses. But you like you said, Sean, Microsoft wants to get in that space. So I would also sell that idea. Okay. Sell. Number two. This one might hurt. Okay. Just prepare, guys. Cyberpunk 2077 gets delayed one more time. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, it's it's not happening. There's no way. Bye, yeah, bye, no, bye. it's coming out. Yeah, there's no way they're going to delay it again. They've said that before. Because <laughs> when is it now? December 15th? Or when is it supposed to launch now? I, I mean... I don't know, Sean. That's the real question. Sure. Yeah, maybe. Got to get it in that Q4. It's 10 with a question mark in my eyes. Because fold me once, shame on you. <laughs> fold me twice. How many times have we been fooled now? They want to they wanna get in there before Christmas. Yes, of course. I yeah. think it could get pushed back yeah. maybe one more week uh, at most. I could see that happening. I think they are going to distribute it even if it's on fire. Like at this point, they've kicked it down the road so many times. <laughs> yeah. Like it's coming out. Yeah, They already have the discs pressed. Do they? Okay. It's just a matter of like patches that they're creating for the current gen consoles That's in which cool. they run poorly on. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> That's what I saw. It's like the biggest problem right now is like the new Xbox and PlayStation, right? They now. just gotta go to whoever put The Witcher on Switch and say, figure this out. That's what they need to do. And they're like, <laughs> okay. I don't want that to happen. I want people to get this game. This game is very hyped and I hope it's really well does well. But I, I'm also curious, I know there's been a lot of talk of the crunch, like they were trying not to do crunch and crunch has been received very poorly. In the news of late, and Chuck, I'm sure you've experienced crunch, right? You've been through a crunch oh, yeah. at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is a sort of – this is a hard sort of conversation to have because uh, a lot of it rests on, like, workers' rights and unions and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, which we just don't have in America, and I don't think they have mm-hmm. in Poland either. So Very whatever, yeah, I would, I would bet no. Whatever CD Projekt Red says about crunch – I would take with a very, very small grain of salt salt because you don't actually know what's happening there. You don't actually know what the workers right. are going through. And obviously, if one person, even one person comes out against it, obviously there's some sort of culture there that is pushing people to feel like they can't uh, say, say no. no. Yeah. yeah, they're intimidating. And I think that intimidates it too. But I like that people are reporting it now. Yeah. So I'm wondering... Maybe they are really trying to be better than other companies. Like it's not as bad, but we'll never know till like till a, a, a disgruntled employee leaves. Right? That's like had enough. If it was the truth. Yeah, because I mean, it could even 
it can even be one of those situations where it's like if this game doesn't do well then this company is gonna like disappear and then where are you gonna work you know there's not very many game developers in poland or whatever so that like kind of obligates people to work more than maybe they really want to or you know should be and so there's so many different ways of like crunch can be motivated so that was a sell across the board my final question speaking of motivated and business companies wait i said bye oh, what's yours oh no i'm gonna i'm going against the grain i'll say bye okay. I'll say all right good, again. good. No. Got, one more week dude i'm gonna come to your house and put in an implant <laughs> if that becomes true my final one uh is about with video game prices increasing like they've talked about the average price is going to jump up to 70 and playstation has even said that it could possibly be more depending on the title do you think subscription services such as Netflix and gaming ones are going to raise their prices as well? If there is a raise in video game, we're going to see a raise to these other subscription prices. So, not or at least not not in the next couple of years because I think they're just trying to gain as many other than maybe Netflix because Netflix just raised their price again, didn't they? A little bit. I think so. Right? What are they at now? Like, like in the last six months? Oh uh, no, it's like twelve. Or oh, yeah. it depends on how many screens and whatever else you right, do, or right. if you have four K. I'm or... thinking of a family plan, Shelby. I mean, I think they're eventually going to raise prices for sure. Um, or you're going to get a a uh, mm-hmm. combo, right? You're going to get the Milan mm-hmm. edition. Like, hey, you're paying a sub and then another $10, you own the rights to this game until it goes off pass. Right. Like, yeah. I think that's definitely a uh, foreseeable path forward for them. With the Milan one, if you pay the 30 do you own it or do you just have it for the two games? You own it. And to, as long as you're paying for Disney Plus, <laughs> I believe. Oh, really? I mean, it's not like they send you a a disc, yeah. Right, right. But it's the same in my library. That's the thing. Like, you know how you can rent something interesting. Chuck, Uh, what about you? It's a hard question because, I mean, obviously they will rise. That's just the nature of subscriptions. Right. But I think what you're getting at is, like, will it rise by $5 in the next couple years or $10? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so because I think a lot of the – Games were already $70. We just didn't know it. They were $70 through right. these subscription services, through season passes. Yeah. And and they were right. beyond DLC. $70 because you would pay $10 a month. And, you know, I, I've spent probably $60 yeah. on Apex Legends alone. Um, yeah. Just wow. getting, co- you know, coins yeah. for season passes and stuff like that. So, um, and that's a free-to-play game. So, like, uh, right. yes, they will get increased, but it'll probably be very incremental. I could see it being, um, like, three bucks, right? Maybe in the next year and a half, to be honest yeah. with you. Or they'll come up with different tier systems like they have for, like, Hulu, where, you know, mm-hmm. you get the base mm-hmm. thing, which they already sort of have that. They have, like, the thing where you pay $25 and you get 25 levels and games. But I'm, I'm talking about something a little bit more premium than that, like an in-between stage that's not $25, but not $10. Yeah, like one where you get access to the game, but there's in-game ads or whatever, and it's, like, cheap. Actually, I let's stop talking about this, because we're just giving that <laughs> Oh, no, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're writing it down. I think they're going to bring down let's the put prices commercials on in the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think now that they're seventy dollars, there's no reason to have subscription services. <laughs> yes. Good job. Mm-hmm. This is done. Good business. I, I mean, like I think like right now yeah. we're in a content race, so subscription prices are going to stay low for a while until yeah. those libraries are built, and then once they own you, right. 
right. then it can go. They up. have a number of subscribers, so. I would assume, and that's I'm curious if they're hitting those numbers yet. Where it's like, all right, it's time. Well, and I think that's why EA made their play. Huh? EA they they <laughs> made their play to like combine with uh, Game Pass and stuff because I think they plateaued a while ago or something, and just people weren't using Origin and things as much as they wanted. Remember they changed it. Yeah, they changed it to EA Desktop or yeah. whatever. We talked about how horrible a name that was. And now they're on Steam, and now they're on Epic, too, right? Didn't they get into Epic, too? I don't know, but they're opening all their gates, right? They're letting everybody... Yeah, they're, yeah. they're trying to get users. So I think they mm-hmm. stalled on user gain and whatever else. and So that, I think, is the, the play right now, is everyone mm-hmm. trying to get as many users as yeah. they can, and then they can jack up those prices. Slowly. So we're going to buy that it's going to happen eventually, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> you should have put a date on it, a time. Uh, okay, fine. I'll say in the next year and a half nope too late questions already been asked dang it dang okay. dang man <laughs> <laughs> not fair well, dude not as, fair. as we're kind of winding things down yep. um ck you know that this podcast is kind of about backlogs and working through games is there anything either on your backlog that you've been meaning to play or is there a game that we should add to our backlog that you think is a must play oh uh on my backlog well i don't know you, you guys' backlog i've only what's that I said you made me want to play Hades, so yeah. I'll add that to my backlog. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. If you haven't played that yet, you definitely should, because I think between that and Animal Crossing, those are the two games of the year for me. Um, oh, is wow. that right? Cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, what about Final my... Fantasy VII to bring that? Bring back. Actually, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII—that's a great thing. I haven't played that <laughs> yeah. yet. I haven't played it. Yeah. I played it the original like three times over, but same. I haven't same. played the remastered at all, and I do want to get to that eventually. Are you a little scared to play it? Because you want to, because of like, do you hold seven in high regard? Yeah, that's the reason that I bought a PS One. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. Um, part of it is like I kind of want to see what they do for the sequel. I've heard some of the changes right. that they've made. Yeah. Uh, so in a lot of ways, yeah, I am a little nervous to get into it, but in some ways, I'm also like so completely uh, divorced from twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not yeah. twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, nineteen ninety six. Yeah, it's yeah. Wow, um, twenty four. We're old, so it, it's been it's been a long time since I was like deep into Final Fantasy seven. Yeah. Uh, so I remember like the story beats and the the feeling of it and the the gameplay mechanics and things like that. But I don't like. I I'm not the type of person that's like you can never remake this thing. You're right. Um, as long I as feel you like do, the, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that there should be some sort of way to update mm-hmm. something for the modern age. For sure. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited about it, but also I, because I knew that it was only a chunk of the game, I'm like, uh, should I just wait until there's a trilogy and then I'll just play that trilogy? That turned me off too, to be honest with you. Like I would have gotten a PS4 if it was a full game like that. I'd be like, done. I'm going to the store right now. I don't care if my wife yells at me and I come home with this. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing this game. <laughs> but I want to see the completed project. And I don't know how, if they made only the Midgar area, one giant disc i don't know how that game is going to be on three discs that game has to be right at least five like it's going to be there's going to be five installments there's no way they're doing it what in three. i'm calling that now i think oh, they yeah. can do it in three i just i just um i had the feeling that like well if they are going to do this one chunk of the game then maybe i should just wait 
10 years when I can play it all at once. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm with you. I'm in that camp too. And then you can sub to the Final yeah. Fantasy. We'll sub to the Final <laughs> Fantasy subscription. Yes. Ah. Ah. Uh, so what What should we add to our backlog? Another terrible idea. Another terrible <laughs> idea. What have we done? You get it with the subscription to Final no. Fantasy. Oh, that's what I was thinking. That's right. Actually, if you have a plus five to luck, you don't have to pay. Yeah, there you so, go. So it's fine. So what should we add to our backlog? Uh, is that sure. one that you guys... Yeah, yeah, that. Hades and Final Fantasy Hades. 7. Hades. Sure. Okay, there we go. I think that hit it for me too. It's all, all right. Writing it down. <laughs> yeah, the last the last super... Is a super giant? Last game I played oh, there was Bastion. Cool. I love Bastion, so... That, yeah, they only make good games. Well, thanks for being with us tonight, CK. It's been awesome. Um, any any place that our listeners can find you? Yeah, um, check out my Extra Life page at extra-life.org slash participants slash S-E-A-K-A-E. Um, I will be doing that that sort of challenge for 24 hours starting on November 21st to the 22nd. Uh, check out all those incentives and the raffles and the milestones that I'm doing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also check me out on Instagram at S E A K A E and S E A K E dot com. Or just click the links down at the bio of this podcast and you go cool. right there too. And if you want more of us, you can check us out on Twitter at underpowered pod on Instagram at under powered. Check out our website underpoweredmedia.com or shoot us an email emails at underpoweredmedia.com. You can also find us chatting on the Discord pipes. Come check out our Discord. All that said, we out. Later,